Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, here with Aaron Keller. And today we have our game warden, Captain Brian Bowles, and Aaron Meyer, our boating education coordinator. We thought you two were the perfect guests. We have Memorial Day coming up, the official start to the boating season. It's also National Safe Boating Week starting this weekend. So welcome, both of you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Um, does one of you want to, we could just start by explaining, like I said, Memorial Day's coming up. People are going to be getting out on their boats. What is National Safe Boating Week? And it clearly leads up to that start of the boating season. Well, you, you touched on it a little bit. Uh, because Memorial Day weekend is considered the official, unofficial start to boating season, all the state and federal agencies that uh, patrol the water we take that week before Memorial Day to kind of re-educate the public on all the things that are going to help you have a fun day out there, but also a safe day out there. Okay, and this is, I, I told you guys beforehand, I had to plug our last podcast or we had with Game Wardens a couple weeks ago. Check out our SoundCloud. Um, we had a few Game Wardens on and they shared crazy rescues with us. One of them even happened last May. So it just goes to show anything could happen out on the water. Um, Yeah, I heard that podcast. It was it was really very good. And I was actually wanting a part two because by the time they got done uh, explaining their stories, your time was up. And I really would have loved to hear a conversation between you two and them asking some questions and getting some more impressions. I was uh, I was jonesing for more. So I know that was a bummer. That was one of those ones where it ended and we were like, I mean, they weren't even fully finished with their stories and we had to cut it off, but it was it was still crazy to hear what they shared with us. I know. I even knew the whole story and I still was on the edge of my seat when I was listening. So it's, it was a great one. Exactly. And for those of you who haven't heard it, there was a rescue involving a kayaker who had been in the water for over an hour, I want to say. And thankfully he was wearing his life jacket, which was why he was rescued. And the other one was a rescue. A whole family was out on the water water Mother's Day weekend. And I want to say it was a three-year-old or four-year-old. One of our wardens rescued. And his story is intense. Um, he gives the whole play-by-play. But so that being said, what are some of the things people forget when they head out on the water that leads to accidents like this? Here's here's where I get to be the the bad guy. Yeah. My, my favorite part of the year is when I tell you all the things I'd like you to do to be safe out there. Uh, let's just start with the, the the beginning thing. I want you out there boating. I want you out there kayaking. I want you out there on a stand-up paddleboard. There are very few things that you're going to do this summer that are as fun as getting on the water. I'm not here to tell you not to go out there. I'm just here to tell you that there are some things you can do to make sure that that day goes perfect and that there are no accidents. And obviously the first one, the most important thing we always say is we'd like you to wear a life jacket whenever you're out on the water. I don't care if it's a kayak, a stand-up paddleboard, or on the boat. And the boat's the one that always gets me in trouble because people say, well, I have them on the boat. Well, I don't want them on the boat. I want them on you because when the boat hits something and you get ejected from the boat, 
they're still going to be on the boat and you're going to be in the water. So I just want everybody to wear a life jacket when they're out there so that uh, we can all just enjoy a really great boating season. Oops. You always say you're the bad guy every time you're on, but it the reason you have to be the bad guy and we give these tips over and over and over again is because we have to, because we see things happen year after year. It's almost like, I mean, I can even say it for myself. Everyone feels like they're invincible and nothing will happen to them, but then it ends up happening. So that's why it's so important to be prepared. Absolutely. 80% nationally of the boating related deaths would have been prevented had the um, victim been wearing their life jacket at the time. That's a huge stat. That means that 80% of deaths on the water are preventable by a very simple thing, and that's wearing your life jacket. So we have to say it over and over again because it really is the number one takeaway that, that you can get out of anybody in education or safety is that um, that life jacket's there for a purpose and it's there to save your life. That's why it's called the life jacket. Um, it literally is your life that you're that you're putting on. Um, and the biggest thing that we hear, uh, oh, you know, it's hot or it's uncomfortable or I'm a great swimmer. Well, there's a lot of great swimmers that we pick up off the bottom of the lake as as blunt as that is. Um, lakes are different than pools uh, and the life jackets, what's going to save your life. So wear it doesn't matter if it's on board, put it on your body. We don't allow our uh, wardens to go out on the lake or on a boat on patrol unless they're wearing their life jacket. And they have a lot more gear and are a lot hotter than you are out there. So um, just please, we we love being able to come up and talk to people out on the water. We really don't like it when we're having to search for um, them being missing on the water or a family member or a loved one. Um, that's the part of our job that we do not like at all. Um, so please wear your life jacket. Exactly. I was actually out at Sand Harbor a couple weekends ago kayaking, and there were so many people not wearing life jackets. And they were on their paddle boards taking selfies. And to me, talking to you guys all the time, they don't look cute on their Instagram <laughs> when they're not wearing their life jackets. Um, it looks cooler when you're wearing one. Absolutely. And you're going to have a better day altogether. It's definitely uh, the first thing that we notice when we get tagged in photos or like things like that. And, and somebody's not wearing their life jacket, it's not even on the board. And you're like, well, actually, you're tagging us in a photo that is kind of illegal. You know, so. <laughs> we're not going to like your photo. <laughs> your life jacket. Yeah, I, I tell you the truth, Ashley. Uh, I was at my son's soccer practice and I'm standing next to one of the dads and uh, told him what I do for a living. And he mentioned he owns a boat. And so I started I wasn't lecturing him. I'm just kind of giving him my spiel. And he stops me and he goes, wait, you want me to wear the jacket while I'm on the boat or, or you want the, the jacket on the boat and i'm like no no i want you to wear it and he's like well that's not gonna happen like he straight told me like they're on the I'm, I'm following the law and i'm like yeah i i get it like everything you've been taught is that you're getting a good tan and you're like everything we've been shown is that you don't you know you shouldn't wear a life jacket you're out there you know laying on the front but the, brian's right our game wardens have seen it too many times where something happens you know the steering mechanism breaks or you hit a rock you didn't see something happens and ejects people into the water and then the fact that the that you had your legal life jackets in some cabinet on your boat don't help and my game wardens have to pull your wife or your son or somebody else out of the water because you weren't wearing a life jacket it's it's like i i sound like i'm, I'm a doom and gloom guy because and i think brian and i touched base on this i i think this year we have forty one thousand registered boats in Nevada 
And that's not even counting all the boats that are coming in from everywhere else because we have Tahoe and we have Mead, you know, places that everybody wants to get to. So, you know, easily 100,000 boats. And most of those boats, they go out, they have a good time, they go back, everything's fine. And, and they're the ones that are telling me, well, you know, I've been out a bunch of times. I'm like, I'm sure you have, but everybody that we're pulling off the bottom of a lake probably have the same story. They've been out a bunch of times. And then that one time something happened and and it ended tragically because they weren't wearing a life jacket. So it's just that one of our one of our friends here said it sounds like when you're leaving your house. And you realize as you're pulling out of the driveway and you're a little late for work that you accidentally left the back door unlocked. And in your head you think, yeah, but what's the chances somebody's going to go through my backyard and like it's not going to happen. But you still go back into the driveway and lock the door because there was always that chance that this would be that one time that somebody was going to be trying to break in it, break into your house. It's the same thing with life jackets. Most of the time, even if you weren't wearing your life jacket, it, it's you're probably going to be okay. But that's not what we're planning for. We're planning for that unforeseen accident, and you, I guarantee you that's when you're going to be wanting to wear your life jacket. So if you make it a habit now. And if that situation comes up, you'll be ready. But if you if you're waiting for the accident to happen to put your jacket on, then I'm probably going to be doing a story about you. Good point. It's like wearing your seatbelt or wearing your helmet if you're biking. Um, same goes for wearing your life jacket. Um, what are some of the other things people should know? I mean, there's a ton. You just said how many registered voters there are in Nevada and our we have so many busy waterways, especially on Memorial Day weekend. Are there other things people should be keeping in mind? I I tell you what, and and this is more than anything is uh, you guys all touched on it. There's more boats out there this year because of the pandemic. I have, we've got more kayaks, we got more boats, we got more stand up paddle boards, but that also means we have a lot more inexperienced boaters out there. And so I'm always telling everybody to take a boating education class, but this year more than anything, if you haven't taken boating education, you really need to because there's so much in there that you didn't realize. Like people think it's, you know, it's just like driving or it's it's a toy, but there's so much that goes into operating a boat correctly. And so I need everybody to take a boating education class because as Captain Bowles knows, the uh, operator inattention and inexperience that's like the two biggest reasons for most boating accidents. Like they don't know what they're doing and they're not paying attention. And that all comes from taking a boating education class. So if you haven't, you need to. And where can people go to take the class? We have we, we have several online courses available at endow.org. So you can pick whichever one works best for you. That, that varies in range. There's a free version. There's the we have a PDF if you if you just want to print something out. I, I personally recommend taking one of the interactive courses because it really is helpful to you know to just see the different videos and and they'll have some some things you can do and even the ones that are a little more expensive like it'll go from the nineteen dollars up to thirty five or something like that and uh, thirty five sounds like a lot but if you went through that course it's great like there's so much going on in there I learned so much more taking a class where it's all hands on and you're clicking on this and you're like it, it th those classes are great. Uh, but I'm not I'm not here to tell you what to do with your money. So if you want to take a free version, all the information's there and 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 once you're you're good, we'll send you a card and you'll you'll never have to take that class again. And then how how long does the course take for somebody that is listening? 
honestly, it probably takes two to three hours if yeah. you're if you're just going to sit down and focus on it. But it, because it's an it's an interactive course, you don't even have to do that. You can do it in bits and pieces and do a couple of chapters and then go do whatever you could. You could take a week if you want, because you just keep logging back into those sites and finish your class like it. It's not the worst thing ever. Yeah. And if you're putting your time and money into a boat, might as well get the education to go with it. And yeah. in talking about boating education, you actually brought up a good point. Sometimes it's not you that you need to worry about. It's the other people that could cause the accidents or things that happen in the water. So that's why all these tips are super important to follow, no matter how good, how experienced of a boater or swimmer you are. But yeah, I was going to say, that's one of the things we always say is, a lot of times the person that's operating the boat is the only person that's paying attention. Everybody else is, you know, having a good time on the boat. We always recommend that there's a second person helping him look out because it's just like driving. I always tell my son that one of the tricks to driving is just assuming everybody else is a bad driver. And it's the same thing on the water. Like there you may you may be out there with the most experienced people ever, but I wouldn't I wouldn't go out there thinking that. If you think that someone's gonna make a bad decision and you're on the lookout for that, then you're good to go. It yeah, is one of the most stressful parts about driving a boat is looking out for other people and making sure you can see everyone and the waves and everything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when it comes to boating safety and, and what is actually a criminal offense, not posting a proper lookout on your boat is a citable offense in this state. Uh, it's actually a federal law as well with the Coast Guard navigation rules. And oftentimes as the boat operator, you're not able to keep a proper lookout because you're looking forward. At where your boat is going you don't know what's coming you know abaft the beam and behind you and so posting a second person if possible as that lookout is actually a requirement if you end up um uh, heaven forbid in an accident that ended up being your fault and you did not proper post a proper lookout you can be cited and and declared at fault for that accident out there on the water so um it, it is very important to be educated in what is the um, best practices and actually what the law is while you're out there on the operating. We are out of time for the first half of the show, but we will be right back after this quick break. You're listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today we are joined by Game Warden Captain Brian Bowles and Boating Education Coordinator Aaron Meyer. Great to have both of you, even though you said it yourselves. You're the doom and gloom people here at the office. Um, National Safe Boating Week is coming up. All of you, I mean, it's a great time to be heading out on the water. These are just things we want you to keep in the back of your head while you're out there and just to plan for. So um, before the break, we got into life jackets, boating education. Um, one thing we haven't got into is wearing your engine cutoff switch. Does one of you want to explain the importance of this? Absolutely. I mean, it, um, wearing your engine cutoff switch this year or quite recently became a national focus when, um, as part of the defense appropriations bill, um, it became federal law that you wear an engine cutoff switch while operating a boat. Uh, so federal officers are now empowered and are going to be out there um, 
offering citations um, probably within the next year. I think the first year will be an education only um, type of uh, um, admonishment to people that they find that are not wearing their engine cutoff switch. Um, but after that, they'll be issuing citations. It's been against the law in Nevada for a number of years. So our wardens have already been out there issuing citations for failure to wear your engine cutoff switch. Um, and it, it's a really important thing that you should not overlook. Most boats come equipped with an engine cutoff switch, but now because of the federal law, uh, manufacturers will be required from henceforth to equip all boats with an engine cutoff switch. And what it does is it turns off your engine when uh, you're ejected because of whatever reason uh, may happen. Uh, that ejects you from your boat. And um, what can happen is that boats, when they are uh, don't have a master at the helm anymore, is that they will start to turn. And eventually they will turn all the way over to port or to starboard, and that boat will go into what's called the circle of death, where nobody's on the boat minding the helm, and it's just going to go around in a circle until it runs out of gas. The unfortunate part about that is that you're in the water, and your boat is making a circle back on you. And so many times that people not wearing their engine cutoff switch can find themselves in the water and then find themselves run over by their own boat, which those of us that have been on scene to see a pop prop strike injury don't ever want to see those again. And that can happen to you in a moment. All you have to do is go onto YouTube and Google, you know, boat ejection. You can see how fast it happens. It's like a tenth of a second you find yourself in the water and you didn't even know what happened before you got there. So that's just one of those cases. If you're not wearing your life jacket, then you may be sinking. Uh, if you're not wearing your engine cutoff switch, the boat might be coming right back for you. So um, it's those two pieces are really critical for that instantaneous uh, dire circumstances you may find yourself in when you're out on the water boating. And those two things will save your life. Um, we've already had a fatality on waters that Nevada patrols this year because an individual um, was not wearing his engine cutoff switch and the boat went into the so-called circle of death. Now it did not strike him, he was on a river, so the boat was moving down downstream, but the individual also was not wearing a life jacket and ended up succumbing um, and drowning. So we had, you know, both instances, had he been wearing an engine cutoff switch, then the boat would have been right there for him to make, make it to his boat and potentially he could have self-rescued. Had he been wearing his life jacket, he would have survived. Didn't have both of those things and it ended up costing uh, the individual his life, as sad as it is. So um, wear your engine cutoff switch as well. That, that is a crucial piece of safety equipment. And so easy to do. I mean, it's there, put it on. Um, I can't, couldn't believe, I didn't know what the circle of death was. And I think it came up in a recent meeting and I was like, what is this? And I was talking to Aaron Meyer about it and he brought up the videos on YouTube and it was crazy. But then um, Brian, you brought up the point of not only does it prevent that circle from happening, but then it keeps your boat right there so you could climb back onto it. That's um, right. Which so. I mean, if, if if you're out in the middle of the lake and that happens to you, um, you'd much rather your boat be at idle uh, with the engine cut off, actually, uh, within an easy swim than motoring down the lake in a big spiral that could hit other boats or other swimmers or you. Um, so definitely, it's uh, it's a safety item. It could be a potentially life-saving safety item. So, Exactly. And the way we talk about these things, circle of death and all of these words we use could easily, these situations can be prevented, which is why we're doing this podcast. That's right. Um, 
all of these things are preventable with just a little bit of common sense forethought using the equipment that's provided. I mean, it's a different situation out there. Most people think, oh, I can drive a car so I can drive a boat. Uh, and they're very similar in how they steer. There's a steering wheel that, you know, there's a gas pedal or a throttle, uh, but it's a different environment and it's much, much more dangerous than, than the roads are uh, if you're unprepared. And the preparedness part is different. Aaron Meyer, I know you're dying to talk about drinking and boating. <laughs> Should we just go to that now? Because that's always the one that makes me the, the real popular guy at parties. Is I get it. We've all watched the commercials. Like every Budweiser commercial growing up that was on the water was five or six people on a boat living it up and half of them had beers in their hands. And that's just what a lot of people picture as what a fun day out on the lake is, is a cooler full of beers. And I'm here to tell you that that's probably not the case, that alcohol, especially because there's the deal. If the boat, the boat's got a, a ice cooler full of beer and everybody, I'm supposed to believe everybody but the operator is drinking. I find that hard to believe they're handing him or her beers and everybody's having a nice time drinking. But what they're doing is taking the person that's operating this very powerful uh, vessel and taking away the decision-making, the balance, the, the vision. I mean, think of all the things alcohol does to you when, when you're at a party and now put yourself on a boat and you've got stressors like the sun and the wind and the waves, everything else is, is also affecting you. It's, it, there's nothing worse than alcohol and boating combined. It's like, and, th and there's the thing, Brian, Brian will back me up on this, is when our game wardens have to take somebody off the lake in handcuffs, they look like the bad guy because they're ruining this, this let, let's assume it's a dad, they're ruin, ruining this dad's day and his whole family got to see that. But you guys, you, and you touched on it, you have no idea what the game wardens have seen and pulled out of the water because somebody was drinking. Like it's bad, it's a bad combination. You should not drink and operate a boat. Besides the fact that it's illegal, it is incredibly dangerous. I mean, alcohol is the number one leading contributor to boating accidents in the nation. That says something right there. It really does. I always try to picture, because that's, that's what it cracks me up. If you're going to pretend that a boat and the car are the same thing, then I want to picture you driving down the street with four or five of your friends and everybody's drinking beers and they're handing you beer. Like, you wouldn't do that because that would be insane. But somehow you get on the water and it's okay. No, it's not. It's really not. That's a good point. You You were saying a lot of people say, I could drive a boat because I can drive a car, but you wouldn't be driving down the freeway drinking <laughs> and drinking with all your friends in the car well, it's, it's, it's just like you said you put your seatbelt on because that's what you do and you don't drink because that's what you do well you same thing goes for boating you put your life jacket on because that's what you do and you don't drink while you're out there because that's what you do because it's just common sense i mean everybody likes to be the most professional at whatever they do you look at professional drivers they're in five-point harnesses when they drive uh, you look at professional boaters, they're always in a life jacket and they're never not sober. So do what the professionals do in you know whatever manner of um, activity that you're embarking under. If it's driving, what do professional drivers do? If you're boating, what do professional boaters do? That's how you should pattern your behavior because at the end of the day, those are the experts. If you don't want to listen to us, you know, listen to the Coast Guard, listen to the NASCAR drivers. Um, those are the folks that will model good behavior for you because they want to be safe at their occupation and it's no different with your recreation 
Well, to be honest, if you need alcohol to have fun out on the boat, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like boating is just an insanely fun thing to do. That, like I get it that that's just a perception, but you don't need the alcohol to have fun. And you you can leave the cooler on the beach; it's still waiting for you. You can still have your beverages. Just don't drink them while you're out on the water. And my game wardens won't have to deal with anything. Yeah, and we can we can attest to that. Every time Aaron sends us a little video clip of him, you know, out working in air quotes, <laughs> you know, taking videos or picture out on the water, looks pretty fun compared to where we're sitting. <laughs> we're always jealous. <laughs> I do, I do I do not have the worst job some of some some of my days at the office are spent on Lake Mead or Lake Tahoe or or whitewater rafting down the, a river yeah it's not the worst job I've ever had right just the part where you feel like you have to be the bad guy yeah, exactly <laughs> but we can't say it enough I mean that's we are excited to see that trend of more people getting outside more people going boating um it's exciting for us we want people to have that connection with nature and the outdoors but we want to make sure they can continue to do that which following these tips will make sure that you have a good safe day on the water um only a few more minutes here is there anything else you want to add anything fun and exciting um I'd like to add just two more things if I could in the moment. Perfect. Yes, it's all you. I, I, um, I alluded to it earlier. The lake is not the pool and the river is not the pool. So please leave your pool toys home if you can avoid it. Um, those things, the moment you um, get off of them or are thrown off of them when you're just you know, near shore, the wind can take those and be gone. And then all of a sudden you don't have the flotation that you think you did. Or more importantly, your kids don't have the flotation that you think you did. Being in a pool, you're never more than, you know, 30 seconds away from being able to jump in and rescue your kid. But in the lake, one moment's of inattention, they're too far for you to swim, and then that thing's gone in the wind. And we've already experienced a fatality of a six-year-old in uh, the southern region because of that very reason. So leave the pool toys at home. Um, if you're going to have your kid out on a pool toy at a lake, not the wisest choice, but definitely put them in a life jacket, even if they're in near shore, because you can turn your back and, they, and they're gone, and you don't know where they are. And that is the worst feeling a parent can have. So that's number one. Number two, we do have holiday weekends coming up. Listening nationally with all the increase of boaters that we have, I'm hearing my um, colleagues across the nation call a regular weekday like a weekend and a weekend like a holiday week um, as far as the traffic on our waterways. And Nevada has been no different. So there's going to be a lot more people out there and go out and enjoy. But it's going to be um, congested. And it's going to be a lot of inexperienced people around. So know that we're going to be out there as well. We have uh, concentrations of our um, wardens on Memorial Day weekend, which is always busy for us, but we're expecting it to be crazy busy. We also have a national um, operation called Operation Dry Water, where we're going to have intense focus on boating uh, and drinking over the July 4th weekend. And we pay special attention to it nationally. So. Uh, if you're out there boating, know that we're out there to help, but we're also out there to help make sure that you have a safe time on the water. And that may mean doing alcohol and boating related enforcement. Two very good points that I'm glad you brought up before we finish here. Yeah, we definitely don't want to see any more stories in the news of what we just saw a few weeks ago with the six-year-old. So anything you could be doing to prepare to make sure you have the best holiday out on the water. Thank you both so much for being here. And giving us, sharing all this insight with us. Very important information. And thank you everyone for listening. Stay safe out there. Have fun. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild.
Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.